Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. Really quick little housekeeping pop-in. This episode is another episode where we talk about faith manipulation. We are going to be talking to a former Jehovah's Witness, and we're going to be talking about some pretty predatory MLM practices. So not really like a trigger warning, but sort of a content warning if any of those things are sensitive to you. Um, Just, you know, heed some caution. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple MLMs that... I've never even heard of before. Like, I didn't even know that these even existed. So I'm going to welcome to the show, Sabrina. Welcome. It's so wonderful to have you. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So before we jump into all of these MLMs, um, let's talk about where you were. Well, actually, you know, let's start from the beginning because we don't even, we're not, MLM didn't even come in until the middle. So we're going to actually start at the beginning um, we've talked about religion on this podcast. We've talked about uh, the indoctrination of cultish things and groups and why certain people might be more prone to certain things. We like to open up this conversation. So we're going to talk about another religion we've never mentioned and how it pertains to MLM and how that was woven into your life as well. So I'm going to give you the floor and and let you tell your story. Okay. Okay. So um I grew up in a Jehovah's Witness home. My mother, my grandmother, and actually my great-grandmother are all, were all Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, my mother and my grandmother still are very active. And, you know, if everybody knows witnesses do like the, the door knocking, right? They, you know, hi, how are you? You're worshiping wrong. You need to come in and talk to us. Um, so that's something... <laughs> That's something you're really taught from the minute you can walk. You have this little tract in your hand and you're out there doing these cold calls, right? And not just a cold call where like I'm trying to sell you lipstick, but a cold call where I'm literally trying to sell you salvation. Salvation. (laughs) Yeah, this huge thing, right? And I will tell you firsthand, people do not want to hear this. And as an adult, 
I don't want you coming to my door either. So I'm with them. But, you know, that's a big thing. And for me, like, you're, I'm literally like three years old and I'm cold calling, which I, what, that's sales from the time I could walk, you know? Wow. Um, Yeah. You know, but, and, and, and I will say, you know, kind of like you, you ask people, I know at the end, you're always, you know, well, what did you get out of this? It was positive. I learned to take no and keep going. But then what happens, of course, and and we'll get into with the MLM side of things is that really was kind of setting me up because as I'm doing cold calls and sales and I'm getting no, 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 I'm not seeing it as like, oh, maybe people aren't interested. I'm seeing it as they need to hear it again. Right. Right. So, because the witnesses, they will teach you, you have to go back. They said no this time, but you got to go back. Got to try again. They'll hear you eventually. You just have to keep it up. Uh, the other thing with with the witnesses, and I don't know if you have a lot of witnesses that listen or, or whatnot, um, is they are, in my experience, they're so culty. Um, there is a lot of, when you first join or as a child, there's a lot of love bombing. Oh, you're our favorite person. We're so glad you're here. We love having you. But as soon as you get beyond like the new member point, you are only worth as much as you are worth to the group. That's very mlm It absolutely is. If you are not taking the steps they think you should take, moving up the ranks, then you're not worth their time. You're not worth their effort. You're a bad witness. And they get clicky really clicky, at least again, my experience, um, it's, it's rough. So I think all of that really primed me to kind of be in that, uh, that space later. Um, I mean, it, it was just this, there's also the aspect of like, you don't ask questions, do not question. We said a, B and C, therefore a, B, and C, done. And they'll give you that circular. If Well, wait a minute. I don't understand. They'll just give you the circle of, well, because this is what we told you. So as an adult, like I was really programmed for a lot of that. And I, I feel, you know, it kind of set me up later down the road. And then on top of all of that, MLMs are actually fairly big in the Jehovah's Witness community because these people are, I don't want to say they're required to, but they're expected to put so many hours a month knocking on doors. Plus three, three, sometimes four meetings a a week uh, that they have to be at the kingdom hall. They have to be at their church. That really limits when you can work and how much you can work. Um, a lot of these people are putting in 40 plus hours a month, going out, knocking on doors, five to six hours a week in church. Plus you're expected to do all of this additional, uh, study. And if you have a family, family study, if you're a woman, you know, you're expected to take that subservient role and let your husband make some money. So you have a lot of these factors that limit how much time you can work but you still have to pay your bills. 
And a lot of them turn to MLMs because it looks on paper, it looks like they're going to fill that void. My mother, I was born in 83. My mother's been with Avon since 1982 and still is. She is the Avon lady in my town. Everybody knows Karina. Like that's, they're, they're looking for, you need an Avon lady. That's who they send you to every time. I will give my mother, I don't give my mom a lot of credit for a lot of things, but I'll give her credit here is she is not a recruiter. She doesn't do it. Um, she has signed people up over the years, but like, that's not what she does. She takes her Avon books out. She drops them off at everybody's house. She gets the orders and she drops the orders off and she paid for my wedding that way. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, she does make her money through sales. Well, you know, what's so interesting about Avon is it didn't even become an MLM until 2005. Exactly. And so I think, I mean, I'm not giving Avon a pass here because it's an MLM now and they're bad, right. but I think because it was so much really direct sales for so long with an emphasis on sales. I think a lot of those really old school Avon ladies, they're the ones that know how to do it that way because the majority of their business was that way until right. what, 15, 16 years ago. And yeah. and that's where, and, and that's why a lot of people are like, well, Avon's not that bad. And it's like, okay, I, I understand everybody's points there. And again, right. an MLM. So, but I think that might be why. Right. And, and that's what I was going to, that, that's, that's where I was going to say is I think, you know, but she runs her business the way she's always run it for almost 40 years. Actually, now that I do the math, this will be 40 years. She's been doing Avon, um, you know, and, and she did actually, when, when they first opened up as an MLM, she actually recruited my grandmother to sell as well. <laughs> so I had all kinds of Avon around me. And it's funny because growing up, I hated Avon. I hated it. I was so embarrassed. Like all the girls I go to school with are have like Maybelline and CoverGirl. And I had like Avon that I'm like hiding because I was so embarrassed <laughs> because it was different. You know, when you're, when you're a teenager, you don't want to do, you don't want to be different. Right. And, um, you know, and it's funny now my mom's like, well, you know, those are the same girls I sell to now. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I just, I, I was never a fan. And I think it kind of tainted me because even after I grew up and a lot of the women in my age group were buying Avon, I'm still like, mm, no, which I'm, I'm not a big makeup person to begin with. So, you know, uh, that that's a thing. Like I just, but I guess what I wanted originally was to find an MLM that would allow me to run my business the way my mother does. You know, I wanted to go out and drop off books, drop off catalogs, get sales, drop the stuff off and go home. Like I didn't want something that was going to be full-time hours constantly. I have to be here and I have to be there, you know, um, which is probably why I ended up with the ones that I ended up with because I was just looking for something that was different. I didn't want to do parties, you know, so that was, it was strange. Um, so the first one that I got into actually was called Green Smoke, and they are, I'm sorry, they were one of the first vape companies to come out. So I'm That's thinking wild that, that there was, yeah. before regulations, there was a vape MLM. Yeah, yeah. And we actually had chocolate flavored vapes. 
<laughs> they they were good. Um, <laughs> they they were um, there. There was chocolate and mint and like vanilla milkshake flavors and yeah, <laughs> they they were just and and there was actually like just nicotine flavored as well. If you just wanted something, to, but we would. So the idea was instead of recruiting general people to sell this, I was asked to go into businesses and sell to them. So I was supposed to go around and talk to local head shops or um, gross little mom and pop grocery stores or any kind of little store, right? And ask them if they were willing to sell this product. And then we would put up a display and, and sell the product through the store. And then I actually also sold online as well to individuals. Okay. So like you have your regular MLM, but then they're also like, we want you to build a team and recruit, but the people we want on your team are small business owners that yeah. own liquor stores and mom and pop grocery shops and things like that. Yep. And then, so it's like a business account, but it's still a pyramid. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was still going to get a piece of every sale they made. And the girl that actually got me involved was going to get a piece of every sale I made. Um, I was a blogger at the time and they had like the big banners you put on your blog and, you know, I made a percentage off of those. And so did the girl above me and the girl above her. So there was a few things that really drew me in here that were nice because number one, I had zero inventory. That was huge because I had two very small, my, my kids were maybe my older two are 14 months apart. So I had like a one-year-old and a newborn and I'm like, and I didn't drive. I didn't have a car. So I'm literally walking with my kids in the, in, in the little buggy <laughs> to get from store to store to talk to small business owners in my town. Were you still an active member of the church at this point? No. So I left, I, I was never big into all that. I, I mean, I was raised as a Jehovah's witness and I was required as long as you live under my house, you follow my rules. Right. But I really started to push back really. I would say by the time I was through like first and second grade. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, this is in, no, no. And I, I started fighting and, and actively pushing back against a lot of what they were telling me and, and what I was, it was just, it, it, it was uncomfortable. It was very like, it just, it didn't fit for me. It didn't work for me. And my elementary school used to be a high school and the library in there was filled with books on religion from the high, from when it was a high school. And I actually discovered a whole section of books that were on early, like 1970s Wicca and paganism. And I was so drawn to this as like a seven and eight year old. <laughs> By the time I, I turned 18, um, I turned 18 in August and I left home in September and I haven't set foot in a kingdom hall since like, it's just, wow. it's not a thing. That's um, really interesting that like your, your own beliefs and faith and your own cognitive dissonance was so strong. So young. You're like, no, yeah. this is not me at all. Yeah. That's really cool. 
Yeah. And it, it was really, a, you know, <laughs> I think if I could go back, maybe I would wait until I was a little older <laughs> because, you know, at eight and nine years old, when you're sneaking books home, um, mom finds them very easily, you know, and it caused a lot of issues within the home and within the family and, and things that maybe I would have done differently if I, if I could. So by the time I was an adult and I was, you know, I was, I was done. I was like, I want nothing to do with this. And it wasn't really until recently, I would say the last two years that I really started to dig into a lot of that and kind of process a lot of it. And, and that's start the healing process from a lot of that. Um, I went back to school in 2016. And I originally went back for library, which who knew you needed a degree to be a librarian? I didn't know. Um, but once I got in there, things just weren't working. I wasn't enjoying it. And I ended up switching to sociology, which I had never heard of. Here I am in my 30s. I'd never heard of sociology. And I was like, this is my jam. Like, I, I loved it. So my degree is actually a sociology, psychology blended degree. And if I could spend forever going to school for this, like I just would, that would be my career. But that really got me like seeing so many of these parallels and starting to ask questions. And then I was able to really start healing. And that was actually, I, I started watching a lot of the cult documentaries. I mean, I, I've been obsessed with true crime since I was a child, but, and I found cults neat, right? But this was the first time I was really able to look at them and be like, oh, wow. Like I, I did, this is, this is my story and really feel that I was able to get something from it other than like, you know, watching the bus crash. Right. And I started listening to, um, there's actually a list of cult or cult recovery related podcasts. And I did the, the little bit culty with, um, Sarah and Nippy, which I'm obsessed with. So they need more episodes if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I think season was, three is starting. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come on, come on. I'm waiting. Um, and, uh, well, and I, I do the Leah Remini one, of course, like, right. So the Scientology, her, her work against Scientology. And then when she did the Jehovah's Witness episode, which if you have not seen it, it, it is mind blowing. My sister-in-law watched it and she came over and she was like, honey, I am so sorry. Like I had been married to my husband over 10 years at that point. And so, I mean, we'd known each other years and years. And she was like, she said, I did not know that's what you went through. And she said, I'm so sorry that anyone has to deal with that as a child. Like it was, so I, I have to just, you know, really give credit to them and, and really say like, they're, they helped me so much. And it was, I, I had, I had never looked at MLMs that way though, even going through all of this. Right. And I had heard people say, well, MLMs are a cult. And I'm like, eh, you're crazy. You know, <laughs> like, that's so not a dramatic. thing. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I'm like, you know what? I am so tired of people just slapping the, the, the word cult on something because they don't understand it. Right. Because as I'm, I'm a pagan and as a pagan, I get told all the time I'm in a cult and I'm like, I'm in a cult of one because 
like I'm, I'm not in a group. I'm not in a, you know, where is this cult? Who is, you know, I, I'm the leader. I'm paying myself apparently Be, because this is, you know, so I, I get tired of people being like, oh, I don't understand that. I don't like it. It's a cult. So when I started hearing it about MLMs, I'm like, you people are nuts. This is not a thing. Then when I heard it was like I said, um, like I told you earlier, it was your episode of Little Bit Culty. And Sarah was like, well, if you haven't seen Lula Rich, you have to watch this before you're going to understand what, you know, what we're talking about. So I hurried up and watched it. And I was like, this is nuts. And at the same time, I was like, this is so similar to what I dealt with. And then I listened to your episode and I was like, oh, she has a podcast too. So then I'm over there listening to the podcast. And then I went and I joined the Facebook group. Let me be clear. I hate social media. I hate it. I shut down my Facebook like years ago at this point, and I only rejoined for that group. And I went on and I was like, you know, hi, thanks for having me. And just kind of gave them a little bit of my story. And they were like, you have to email Roberta. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, okay. I really like that group. And that That's group amazing. is really cool. Like we're, we're having a lot of really interesting conversations. And I think my favorite thing is though not everybody agrees we mm-hmm. have civil discussions. Sometimes it gets a little heated. We have amazing moderators in there that keep it civil when I can't be in there. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We do have a couple of people in there that are spies. So I do, we know, we see it, we know what's going on. Um, it's interesting, but it's a, it's a good group for the healing aspect. It really is. It, it really is. And I'm not, I'm still not active because like I said, I, I hate social media. I really do. It has been a really toxic force for me. That was actually part of that healing that I really started doing was stepping away from social media. But ironically, I graduated with my degree in 2021 and I wasn't finding work. In fact, I am still going through the process of getting into a place and and finding employment and whatnot. And I was like, well, you know what? Now that I don't have to put all those hours into school, maybe I can, I can start my own business again. So I was Googling like, what are the best MLMs? Cause I don't know what they are. I don't, I don't talk to moms. I don't know. I had never heard of LuLaRoe until I watched the documentary. Like, I don't know this. So I'm like, okay, what's out there now? It has to be new. It has to be different. There has to be all these new things. And I'm doing all this research, trying to find the best MLM that has the best pay structure and the best products that I can be passionate about this time. Because if I'm not passionate, I'm not going to get the sales, right? Um, (laughs) And that was when I ran ran into you and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I like how the algorithm's working, even though you're not on social media. (laughs) Yeah, right? And I was like, this is, this is crazy. So then I really like, I, I, I started doing like a deep dive as I'm going through all of these podcasts and I'm listening to all of these stories. And I'm like, that, that happened to me. That's what I was told to do. And then I was like, but because the big MLM, the one I I put about a year and a half into wasn't product-based, a lot of what a lot of, you know, your interviews are talking about. I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. And then I'm like, what I did, I, I feel what I did was worse in some cases. So, <laughs> so when I got done with green, uh, green smoke, because I was like, this is just not, nobody's interested. 
nobody knew what a vape pen was yet. Yeah. And that's so interesting. And again, it's because you're saying it's was before regulations that they Mm. could even like just ship nicotine and tobacco products just all over. No big deal because it was water vapor with nicotine and not, you know, a a tobacco product at that time. Mm -hmm. Whenever I would put in like an order for mine, um, I just, all you had to do was check a little box that said I'm over 18. That was it. I was like, yep, over 18, boom, done. And I mean, I was, let me be, I was over 18, but I mean, what kind of security system, like what kind of, you know, they were like this, this product contains nicotine and it has been known to cause cancer in the state of California. And I'm like, okay, like only in California, apparently it causes cancer. And then you would have to check, check the little box that says I'm over 18. And that was it. I feel like that's having like a sign on your door that says, you can only come in if you're not going to steal anything. Right. And all the robbers right. are like, yeah, okay, I'll say that. <laughs> like, that's not a security system. Like, just don't be a robber and you can come in. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so I'm going like business to business and I have to explain to every single business owner what a vape pen is because no one knew. They're like, so they're cigarettes? I'm like, no, 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 no. They're, they're not cigarettes. They're way better than cigarettes. In fact, you can use these to quit smoking. Like that was our big thing, right? Smoking is bad. Green smoke is good. It did not, it was not working out. None of these businesses, I live in a very small town and none of these businesses, the the one head shop is about 20 minutes from me and I went in there and I tried to talk to them and they were like, that's weird. That's no, thanks, no. Like (laughs) we're not interested at all. I couldn't get any of these businesses to sign up. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave the banners up on my blog. And if anything comes from it, it comes from it, but I'm done. And at the same time, I I started looking for something else, right? Because if I'm not making any money at this, I I don't see the point in putting in all this time. And I worked in a restaurant at the time. So you get a lot of those like young women parties. Uh, We had a girl that did slumber parties. And we had a girl that did Pampered Chef and we had, you know, um, and actually my mom worked at the restaurant with me. So then there's the Avon lady. And, uh, oh, at one point I forgot in the, in the eighties, she actually did Princess House as well. Oh, Um, that's an old defunct one. That's not around anymore that people talk about. Oh, it is still around. It is. I looked it up this morning because I was like, is this still a thing? And they are very pampered chef now. They no longer do crystal, but Princess House is still. And I looked and I was like, is there a business opportunity? And there is. What? And there is. It's still called Princess House? It is still called Princess House. I was on the website this morning because I was like, whatever happened to them, right? I still have to do a mini dive on that. Yeah, it was. I was like, this is wild. Because I have not heard of Princess House since I was a kid. I had all the crystal. Like, you would not believe. And my mother still does. She still has the whole kitchen set. Like, all the plates, all the, you name it. Uh, In fact, I just had to buy her um, the silverware holders. Because hers broke. So I'm on eBay looking for these 1982-whatever princess house crystal silverware holders what is a silverware holder I don't it's it's crazy yeah uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. that's a a silverware holder is a thing that like we don't even use anymore (laughs) no 
No, but I guess, you know, it, it was the idea that like you can set up your home buffet and people can get their own silverware. And I'm like, that's what a drawer's for. I don't, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I did, I, I had to look it up. I wanted to see if they're still around. They are still around. They do all kinds of like, it looked like Pampered Chef now, knives and containers and bowls and whatever. I was like, this is, wow. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm working in this restaurant. We have all these MLM people because nobody makes any money in a restaurant and they're all looking for a way to make some more money. And this is great, right? Um, and we had this girl that did the Tastefully Simple and she was always having parties and she's always inviting all of us to her house to do these parties and the food's good. I mean, I, the food's good. It's not great, but it's good. But then I was, I say was, but I really try to eat clean. Okay. Um, I have fibromyalgia. So a lot of the chemicals in foods really irritate, um, my, my health issues. So I try really hard to eat clean and tastefully simple was not it, but I started looking for something similar. And what I found was wild tree, which I'd never heard of. And I was like, well, if I've never heard of it, there must not be like a dozen of these women in my area. I'll be the only one. It's a lot like Tastefully Simple, which everybody loves. Everybody loves food. This will be great. I'm not going to compete with her. In fact, we can trade off customers, right? I can give her my books. She, I'll take hers. We'll work together. It'll be great. Right. So, I mean, on the, on the surface, that sounds incredible. It does. It's like it's the MLM that no one else in the restaurant is pitching and hawking. It's similar, but it's like the greenwashed version of it. So yeah. it's yeah. a little different for people that maybe want a little bit more, or if they really like tastefully simple and like maybe I offer something that tastefully simple does it, a different bread mix or a different mm-hmm. dip or whatever. Absolutely. On the surface, that seems ideal. Yes. And Wild Tree is really big on their oils. So their big staple item is grapeseed oil, which again, we're going back to like mid 2000s. I had never even heard of grapeseed oil. Like everybody knows olive oil, right? Vegetable oil. I'd never heard of grapeseed oil. So you get in with this company and they have all these flavored grapeseed oils and you can get these kits that are like five and six different flavors. And I got to tell you, some of them were amazing. Like you're just pouring the oil and dipping the bread. Like that was it. It was, I don't want to know how many calories it was, but it was so good. Uh, So I was like, there is no way this is not going to sell. And of course, once you join, they start to give you all of this. Like, this is why grapeseed oil is 10 times better for you than any other oil. It's the only oil you should ever use. Yada, yada. And most of it's not true. Most of it is like, you know, grapeseed oil is good if you need a high smoke point because olive oil has a low smoke point. That's about the end of it. As far as like all these health benefits, they're telling us use it on your skin. It's very drying. Don't use it on your skin. Um, all of the, you know, and, and of course you can't just make your own infused oil. You have to buy theirs because they use special oil and do not buy store-bought grapeseed oil because it's not as good. 
Right. Because those horrible, evil grocery stores and those horrible, evil corporations, Mm -hmm. MLMs or corporations, are adulterating the oil. And we are the only company on the face of this planet that has 100% pure therapeutic aromatherapy, jacuzzi (laughs) grade. Like, come on. Yeah, it was, (laughs) you know, and then when I get my kit, it is almost all oils. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, that's their big seller. So that's, of course, what they, and the rest of it was like, I got a sample size of this dip. And and I'm like, well, I gave you all this money for, for what? Like for five magazines, there's not even enough that I can give out here. And they're like, oh, no, you have to buy the next one up if you want all of this stuff. I don't have any money. I work in a restaurant. I have two babies. Like, did we not just cover why do you think I'm doing this? So then I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a go at this. I'm going to give it all I have. And my mom knew a lady that owns or runs. Um, it's like a little meeting hall type thing in our town. So what I did is I set up like a coming out party and I had all the food and we just invited everybody to come like um, just, just like an open house type of deal. Right. So it was less formal, but I wanted to introduce the brand to everybody. So I invite everybody I work with, all of my friends that I'm in my early 20s, so I still had friends and I invite all of them, you know, all of my husband's friends, my mom invites all her customers, like six people showed up. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, but then they expect the spiel, right? They want to know why is this company better than another? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, the food tastes good. Just eat it. Why do you have all these questions? (laughs) Like my recruiter had given me nothing, nothing. I got like the PDFs from the company that said our grapeseed oil is the best grapeseed oil. And that was it. I, then people, you know, then people have questions. Well, you're telling me your food doesn't have this, this, or this, but what are those? And I'm like, I don't know. They're preservatives. Like what? That, that should be enough for you. Right. You don't want preservatives. People are like, why? Well, I don't know. (laughs) So. Wow. Like they just throw you to the wolves completely unprepared. I mean, that's such an MLM thing. Like thanks Uh for signing up, hon. You can go into your back office and watch all the videos and read all of the information and you'll be prepared. But it's like, come on, no one has time to do that. Uh, That's like time manipulation and sleep deprivation stuff that's straight out of the bite model that's a cult tactic straight off right first thing telling you to do that let's manipulate all of your free time watch all of these videos no you know what becky just tell me the most important things that i need to know and then i'll go from there but at least get me on the right track and then they say well you should have tried hard enough that's why you failed and it's not because you didn't prepare me for anything at all and this is a total scam no not that Yeah, exactly. And when I went back and I contacted my recruiter, I emailed her because I don't have a phone number for this woman. Um, I emailed her and I'm like, you know, here's what happened. And here's the questions that they had. And, you know, do you have answers? Like what, because these questions are going to come up again and again and again. Um, I made a few sales, like nothing really. And I'm like, so let me, I put the orders in. My grandmother was very gracious. 
and ordered quite more than she should have just to try to support me because that's just who she is. So I put this order in all of the commission that I should have made. I put back to replacing those samples. And now I have to order new books because these are the old books. And I'm like, okay, so, but that's okay. Because, you know, I, I understand you have to put money into a business, right? So I'm like, okay, I get it. That's fine. Once I get moving, we'll be fine. Well, I never got moving. My recruiter never got back to me with any information. She never answered any of my questions. I never spoke to her again. Um, when, yeah, she just dropped me. Wow. Like I'm, I'm assuming that that's really common and there's probably a lot of people listening going, yeah, no, I was in an MLM and that happened to me too. Like, yeah, that is just, that's another reason why this is a scam, a real job that would never happen. You would never get hired at a real job and then never hear from the person that hired you or any people from the company ever again. That is the weirdest thing. That's so proof that this is just a scam. Yeah. So it was right after that. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Like this, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm not getting answers. I don't know anything about the product. It's an okay product, but it's not really any better than anything I'm getting at Walmart. So what am I like? This is no. Um, and they wanted like $25 for a bottle of grapeseed oil. And I'm like, I, I, this is, I'm ripping people off at this point. Like I can't do it. So we're back to square one. At this point, I had actually quit my job with the restaurant because I didn't have anybody to watch my kids. So I had been working midnight there's no daycares on a midnight shift. And my sitter was like, I, I'm not watching two babies. Like I can't do that. So I ended up having to quit. So then I'm like, I have to find something to do. I have to. And I kept looking and whatever, I'm not finding anything. I started blogging and this and that, and I'm bringing in like 10 or $15, right? Nothing that's, and I gave up for a while. I gave up even trying. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to raise my kids and we'll figure it out. Then here comes social media, which like I said, I despise. Um, There was a social media called Cafe Mom, which is closed. I remember that. (laughs) Yes. Which it's gone, but it was so, oh, there was like a, like a, a Yahoo answers sex area, but it was just cafe mom. And there was always people on there looking for like, I need an opportunity, right? I want to work from home. And I started through there talking to this woman. Um, her name's Jen. There's a million Jen, so I don't mind naming her. Uh, so, and, and I'm, I'm talking to her and she starts telling me about this company that she's with. And I'm like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I have two kids. Um, You know, I don't know if I want to put any kind of investment in. Like, this is a little hinky. So she sends me all this. She sends me the videos all about the company and the opportunity. Okay. So now I'm I'm interested, right? And I start looking into it. And the company was Ameriplan USA. 
And what they do was so different. And the way she approached me, and now I'm looking back and I'm like, this is super predatory and I can't believe I did this. But the way that she approached me was, yes, we're a multi-level marketing company, but we are not like the others because (laughs) we have no product. I'm like, okay. She said, there's no parties. There's no inventory to stock. So you don't need to worry about coming up with space in your home. You don't have to worry about delivering product. You don't have to worry about shipping. You don't have to worry about parties, nothing. We are completely different. I mean, no product. Isn't that like their whole, like, it's not a pyramid scheme because it has a product. So like that claim out the window when there is no product. Right. But we offer a service, which is, (sighs) yes. So, so different, so different. And in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't like to give them any credit, but in a lot of ways, I have to give them credit that that is different, right? I didn't, you know, I listened to a lot of the episodes that you do and you're talking about, I had all this stock and it's still in my garage. And I, I had to, I didn't have to do any of that, right? I never had to send any product to anybody. I never had to pay shipping. I never, nothing. But, you know, and actually, actually the way their commission is set up, it's a membership. It's a monthly membership for these services. And I get commission every single month that they pay that membership fee. Okay. So now I am supposed, you know, now I'm going to build a business that's going to pay me residually forever, forever. Why not? Infinitely. Infinitely. Yes. So Ameriplan USA. Yeah. I've never heard of that MLM. So can you tell us briefly, like, what is this service that they provide? Okay. So at the time, I think some things have changed because I'm going back to like pre-Obamacare years. Okay. Okay. And Obamacare, I think really changed a lot of things and they introduced new plans that I don't know anything about. Um, But I did kind of troll their website a little bit and most of it is the same. So essentially what they offer is discount plans. The base uh, plan was a dental discount plan and it was $19.95 a month. I think it still is actually. And essentially what it is, is it's like a Costco membership for dental services. So you pay this $19.95 a month and you get a list of providers in your area. You can go onto their website, type in your zip code, and it'll pull up all the providers in your area. They work with companies like Aspen Dental, uh, big national dental companies. And then they also work with little dentists as well. And the idea is they have set fees. So if you need a cleaning, um, I don't I don't know what it would cost. I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. But no matter where you go, if you're using their plan and their uh, doctors, this is what you're going to pay anywhere. Okay. So it's 
at a discount compared to what it would cost you if you were going in with no coverage at all. So, okay. Um, and it covered literally anything you can imagine, any service that they offered, root canals or whatever. Um, the next plan was a medical plan. And I think it was something like $30 a month. And it covered everything from doctors to prescription medications to hospital stays. With like the hospital coverage was actually interesting because instead of having set fees, they would negotiate on your behalf. So Okay, like an insurance company almost. Sure, sure. But not insurance because you know, you don't really know what you're going to end up paying. There's if, now to be fair. And I, I think that, you know, I, I should be fair here. If you have no option for health insurance, $30 a month and a discount is better than nothing. Okay. Right. Yes. Um, and I know there were people, there was testimonials. Now, if they're true or not, I can't tell you. But there were testimonials of people who couldn't afford health insurance and ended up hospitalized for this, that, or the other. And the company was able to negotiate it down to a couple hundred dollars. You know, they, they're hospitalized for days with, you know, an inflamed pelvis or something crazy always, right? And they negotiated down to just a few hundred dollars. So now, again, I don't, I don't know. Are they making this stuff up? I don't know. Um, I know there was women that said, well, I had my baby and the only coverage I had was this Ameriplan coverage. And I ended up with a bill that was like $500. That's less than I would have paid on a deductible with my, my old insurance. Okay. You know, Hey, and, and I, I'm looking at all of this early on and I'm thinking that's great. Like I could really help people. Again, this was pre-Obamacare. And at the time, I'm in Pennsylvania. And at the time, we didn't have a Medicare set up for most people. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. 
I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Yeah, that's like something to think about, right? Like, so this is, Mm -hmm. this is early 2000s where healthcare was not as accessible as it is now. There were a lot of people that were undercovered or couldn't get coverage because of pre-existing conditions and things like that. Um, Medicare was not what it is. And so a lot of people went without insurance. There was actually a documentary that came out, Sicko, that Michael Moore made back in the exact same time, probably, I believe it's like the early 2000s. That was about the American healthcare industry and, and how it's horrible. Absolutely. And so much has changed since then. So again, it's like, I think people listen like, what? That's, this is not the same now as it was then. It's still bad. Back then it was worse. Yeah. And what this sort of sounds like to me is a a consumer byline, which was Keith Ranieri's first MLM, which was a subscription-based discount service, but a consumer byline for medical and like that sort of stuff. Whereas his was other things, but this seems like medical dental insurance type things for people that can't get insurance. Right. We also had a legal plan now, I don't know a lot about prepaid legal, but from what I understand, it was very similar. So for this legal plan, you would get discounts on legal fees if you needed to. And then there was a list of things that you could get through them. Like you would call them up and every year you could redo your will at no cost. I don't know why you need to redo your will every year, but if you need to, you can do this at no cost pettiness. That's why. And you could roll all these plans into one. And I think it was like $60 a month for everything, which, you know, $60 a month, it covers everyone that lives in your house. You don't have to be related. You don't have to be married, which again, for people, you know, a lot of times health insurance didn't cover people. If you weren't married, um, didn't cover children. I had a job interview a week ago that said, oh yes, full benefits, great package. And when I went in, they said, well, it'll only cover you. It's not going to cover your husband and kids. Well, what good is it? Right. So, you know what, there was a lot of, of points to this that I was like, this is great. I live in a low income area. I'm about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. I'm like, I can actually help people. They talked about how you can even go into providers' offices and talk to them and bring them into the network. 
So you can go into a dentist and be like, look, you can be part of this network and I will use this to funnel customers to you. So it works for them. It works for, you know, the network, right? Would and you get a bonus for referring a practice? No, no. But the idea was, of course, the more practices that are available in your area, the more sales you're going to make. Because you can right. then say, look, you know, your doctor is already part of the program. So you don't even have to change doctors. Okay. Um, and here's another question. Could you also use this to supplement your insurance of any additional costs on top of that you would have to pay? Yes, you could. Yeah. Or at least that's what they told us. Um, I, if I'm honest, I really didn't sell, sell a whole lot of the packages, the, the actual plans, because once I got in, I realized that wasn't the goal, right? The goal all of a sudden was don't worry about that. That'll come later. Just recruit. It was really given to me like the day I signed up. Now, I signed up with a specific team and I, I don't know how this works with other MLMs. Okay. But there was specific teams under the company. I had zero contact with the company itself. I only had contact with my team. So it's like, there's multiple pyramids underneath this company. All of the training that I got, all of the perks, the websites, the um, back office space, the, uh, we got free leads every month. All of that was specific to my team. Now, if I had gone to another team with AmeriPlan, I didn't get all that, or I got different versions. <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk about it in a second, but we were actually told to target other AmeriPlan reps from other teams and recruit them. So you and could actually pull people over and so what we would do is we would tell them to quit because, hey, you're not making any money. And the problem is your team. So if you come with us, we have all these extra perks. So wow. whenever, yes. So a lot of MLMs won't allow you to do that. If you leave or if you quit and resign, a lot of times you have to wait like a probationary period. Sometimes it's, you know, 90 days. Sometimes it's a year. It's interesting yeah. that AmeriPlan actually allows that, that you can leave this team and literally re-sign up under this team. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, we were, we were actually encouraged to do that. And it's so predatory inside of an already predatory system. Oh, it gets better. So we weren't just encouraged to target other AmeriPlan reps because, Hey, they're already trained. They already know the product, right? The service, excuse me. So they already know all that. They're great. You know, and if they're not making it, that's because they're on the wrong team. We have the best teams. You want to be on our team. <laughs> uh, the woman that I was underneath was really amazing. Okay. She is the sweetest woman. And I recently looked her up. I want to know if she was still with the company and she's not with the company anymore. Now she is actually selling religious masterclasses. Oh, that's worse than I thought it was going to be. Yes. So they are the small class, the, the tiny master class is $500 for an online course. And it is all like, Jesus loves you. We build and, and, and no, no, please. I mean, this is not, I'm not like knocking. If you believe in Jesus and you, you know, you love Christ, that's good. 
hey, I'm all for it. But I remember the monetization of it. That's it. Like, I remember the scripture where he was overturning the money changers, right? Like, this is not, you know, but they're literally selling classes on. And I looked into what these master classes are. And they are for Christian women who want to succeed in business. And this is how to sell, how to recruit, how to advertise, how to be confident in yourself and in Christ. And I was like, oh my God. And yeah, I'm no, like, that's a course on faith manipulation. That's what that is. I, I'm like, you are, you literally went from being like my cult recruiter to a cult leader. Like, and she's like, come join my team. And as a, you know, as a team, we are going to reach the stars and we're going to, and I'm like, oh, oh, like this she, is painful. Yeah. She's literally recruiting white Christian MLMers mm-hmm. to yes. come in and learn how to use faith manipulation to recruit for their MLMs. And yes. she's charging $500 for it. Yeah. For the basic class, <laughs> the basic, for the basic class. starter class, an online starter course. Like, yes. And, and I, I was like, my stomach turned because she was the kindest woman. I spent hours on the phone with this woman. Okay. She was so good to me. And, and I would say anybody I knew that worked under her, that I had met that worked under her all said the same thing. She was so, so sweet. So to see her doing that is, is super creepy. So, so once I came on though, like the, the first day you get like 18 emails and, and I'm not even joking. So you have to set up five different websites. Two of the websites are just for recruiting Two of the websites are just to sell the services. And then the fifth website does both. So why you need five, I don't know. Why? What? Yes. Um, They're like, that way you can specify what they're seeing. And you can target people better. Because you don't want to target people that you want to sell the service to with the opportunity. And you don't want to, and not vice versa. Because you don't want them just buying the service if they could be recruited. Okay. Yes. So it's all marketing manipulation. Like it's, it is. wow. Yeah, it is. And so you have to set up those five. Then you have to set up your AmeriPlan email and your back office area that has all of the automated emails, which they give you, but you actually have to go in and play with them a little bit because you don't want them to be exactly like everyone else's. And so that all has to be done. Then heaven forbid you look exactly like everybody else in your cult. Right. Right. Um, Then you have to download all of the scripts because we have scripts on how to recruit, what exactly to say when you're recruiting, what to say when you're talking to people about the services, all of it. Okay. We have scripts on what to post to um, job boards. So One of the things that they had us do was every single day you want to post somewhere between, oh, 15 and 25 online ads on job boards. So Backpage, Craigslist, uh, any job board you could find, and you want to put this job offer with your website on, and, and they just said, Google Cities in a random state and pick 
a job board from that area and put them up there. Because of course you can recruit from anywhere in the country. So you should be advertising everywhere in the country. And all of this advertising that you're doing, all of this posting on the job boards, this is all your time, your energy, and and any money you're spending to do advertising is also your money. Yes, absolutely. Uh, They also want you then to go into like the free services area of these, these boards, Craigslist and that kind of thing, and post about the services as well. So again, 15 to 25 a day. Now, wow. but we're, our team is super helpful. We're going to give you the ads. You just have to copy and paste. So it, it's really super simple. It's really quick, right? Well, um, there's the answer to people being like, how come I see the same post all the time? It's always the same. It looks like it's copy and pasted. One, because they're giving them the scripts to copy and paste. They're asking them to do this 15 to 25 times a day on multiple job sites. So that's why you're seeing it on Facebook and Craigslist and all of these places. Hundreds of people are doing this every single day. Yes. Then, and this was a perk of being on my specific team, you got 10,000 leads every single month. They were the same 10,000 leads that every other rep got, but you were expected to call all 10,000 of them, cold call them. But it's okay because we'll give you the script. In fact, we give you two scripts, one in case you get an answering machine and one in case you actually get a person. The only thing you have to do is make sure, and I cannot believe they actually had to tell us this, but make sure that you put your name and phone number on them instead of the default that comes on the script. Okay. Every single day is the same. I get up and I am posting all of these ads every day. Then I start cold calling and I'm cold calling for hours. And these people are like, I've already heard from a dozen of you. I'm not interested. And the team kept, what I kept hearing from my upline was people need to see or hear an ad seven to 10 times before they act. Yeah, but that's an ad. That's like a new flavor of Pepsi. I mean, like "Mm, mango Pepsi might taste good. And then finally going and getting one when you see it at the store. What, not being harassed seven times. If I harass you seven times, eventually you'll say yes. That's not a thing. Like (laughs) that's toxic. Yes. And that perpetuates the whole no doesn't actually mean no. Just keep asking. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for me, and again, I I have to go back to my roots here, right? Because for me, I've been primed for this. I'm out there knocking on doors at three and four years old, and they're saying, I'm not interested. And I'm saying, yes, you are. You'll be interested. That's what I'm being told. Go back. Talk to them again. And of course, as a three-year-old, I was being used because who says no to a three-year-old, right? So I'm actually getting that little tracked that little piece of information in the door and then being told, well, we'll come back and follow up next week. So then here I am as an adult and I'm being told seven to 10 times minimum before they'll say yes. But everybody really wants this service. They signed up on some lead website somewhere. That's how we got their information. They wanted this information. They asked for it. You just have to keep going back to them. So I'm, you know, I'm not even seeing the predatory nature in this. I'm just making those calls. You've been groomed your whole life. You're like, this is normal. No means no. Like 
that, that's, I'll just keep calling seven times. Yeah, that sounds right. Like that's what I, that's what I've known my whole life. Checks out. Yep, absolutely. And the big thing with this was once again, uh, because we don't have a product, I, I don't have to be buying all this stuff and they keep pushing us in this, you know, well, you know, any money that you do spend, you would be spending on product in other companies. You don't have to do that now. And, you know, we'll even show you how you can get free advertising, all of this. So, but here's the thing, you have to be a member of the top, like they say free benefits, but really what it is, is you pay for that monthly membership, the largest membership, plus like $10 a month to be a rep, to be an IBO is what they call their lowest level, independent business owner, IBO. I start, I'm an IBO. I'm paying like $60 a month. I get all the benefits and the the thing, you know, so now then what they're telling me is make this 10,000 calls a week, make sure that you're putting up all these ads every day. Then on top of that, they're telling me you need to start a blog. You want to run multiple blogs all at the same time. You want to have a blog that educates people on how to work from home and on how predatory MLMs are. But at the same time, you want to have all over this, all your ads for AmeriPlan because AmeriPlan is not like all these other MLMs. We don't, at, we don't require you to buy all of this product. And you get all the benefits free as long as you pay $60 a month to be a business owner. And that $60 a month pays for all your websites. It pays for your back office. It pays for all your training. It pays for all those free leads that you're getting, right? All of, I mean, $60 a month, look at everything you're getting. It's funny yeah. that like, look at all the stuff you're getting for free. All you have to do is pay $60 a month. Well, then it's not free. It's $60 a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's $60 every single month. And And here's another question for you. You're paying $60 a month to get all these great discounts. Are you actually using these discounts? And are you actually like benefiting from these plans that you have to be on? I never once use them. I, you know what? I don't do doctors really at all. So I never use them. And my dentist Uh, at the time. Now my kids were able to get state health insurance, even though we didn't have like Medicaid yet. um, We had CHIP here in Pennsylvania, which is child insurance of some kind. And so they had health insurance through the state. My husband and I really aren't doctor people. Like it just wasn't something we ever used. And when I did take my kids to the dentist and I talked to him about AmeriPlan, he was like, yeah, I don't do those programs. He's like, you don't ever get paid. So not interested. I mean, and he's still my dentist to this day. So clearly there was no like issues or anything, but he was like, yeah, that's, that's not really the good deal. You think it is for a dentist, uh, for the doctor, because then it's up to the person to actually pay the bill and they never pay anybody. I'm like, okay, well, that's just your experience, right? That's not everybody's experience. That's yours, whatever. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, okay. But I never used anything else. Like I never, I still don't have a will. Um, I never used the legal benefits. I never did any of it. I was like, but that's okay because I have them if I need them, right? Yes, there is uh-huh. a, an ad here in town 
for a bail a bail bondsman, and the ad is. It's better to know me and not need me than to need me and not know me. And it's like a little yeah. song and the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is. Well, it is. you might as well have it because if you need it, then you got exactly. it. Exactly. Well, and you know, I, I think, I think insurance tends to be on the predatory side to begin with, um, but necessary because you just don't know if you're ever going to need it. Right. So I pay my car insurance bill every month, even though I've never been in an accident because that's how insurance works. Well, you know, we're trying to sell this service, this discount service as an alternative to expensive healthcare. So it has the same kind of mentality of you need it because you might need it, right? So no, I never once used it, but you know, you don't know, maybe you'll need it, right? Maybe somebody's going to break a tooth and you're going to have to run off to the dentist and, you know. Like that um, fear mongering of like, Armageddon could be coming. So yes. you've got to fill this shed with canned food. It's yes. that whole, like, you have to prep for the inevitable doomsday that's on its way. So you should probably get this just in case. And it's Absolutely. unnecessary. Fear mongering is such a sales tactic. And it it's unnecessary. It is. It is. You know, but I think that's that's what the insurance game is about, right? We have to convince people that they need this thing. Otherwise, no one will have it. And I'm not knocking insurance because, you know what? Hey, I have, that was, I'm looking for a job. That That is one of the big boxes we have to check. If it doesn't offer insurance for me and my family, I can't do it. Okay. Benefits has to be there. And benefits for my kids have to be there. I have two teenage boys and my daughter's 11. They're at an age now they want to go out with their friends or, you know, if somebody gets hurt or decides to jump off the roof because they're teenage boys and they do stupid things like that, um, you know, and breaks an ankle, I, I need to know that they're covered, right? My daughter actually has an autoimmune issue. The last time she had a, a, an issue, we actually, we, we had to hospitalize her. So I need that health insurance. And it was really this idea that like where you're living, it, people can't afford health insurance, but they need something to fill the gap. Even though it wasn't something that I was using, like I really did see the value that was potentially there for people. And I really believed, hey, this could help somebody. And, you know, on some level, I would even argue it had the potential to do that. Okay. If the company itself was not, and I don't even know that I want to fully blame the company because like I said, these teams are horrific. And, you know, if, if that structure wasn't there, if this was just a company selling discounts on dental and health and legal services, I would be like, Hey, this is a great option for people especially low-income people. That's not what it is. No, it's not. And and that's the thing, right? Like we talked to so many people in so many different MLMs and it's like, this had so much potential to be good. If it wasn't an MLM, it would have been great. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. But it couldn't work without the MLM because not that many people need the service it provides. It yeah. needs the cult structure of people in this endless chain to maintain it's profitability right. without the endless chain. It's nothing. Absolutely. 
so what was happening then was, of course, now everyone that you're recruiting is buying the service. They're getting it for free. Okay. But what that means is you are legally selling the service. So even though you're not out there pushing the service on anyone besides people that you're recruiting, you're still selling the services to your downline. And therefore, we're jumping right through that legal hoop, right? Um, the whole time I was with the company, I sold, I was with them about two years. It was a horrendous two years looking back because it was all work, no play and no money. Um, I think the biggest check I got was for $50. That was oh it. Oh my God. So yes. So goal number one was to cover the $60 a month that I was paying them. And I was like, well, as long as I'm covering that $60, I'm not losing money. So then anything that I get is all for me, right? All right. It, it didn't work that way, but that was the, the mindset. And that's what I was told. And that's what I was encouraged to believe. So I start, um, I start pushing really the recruiting end, but the whole time I was there, I want to say I was there about two years and I sold two plants like that weren't recruits. One of them was to my grandmother who had health insurance, who had excellent health insurance and was just once again, just like she bought all those grapeseed oils, just trying to support me in my endeavor. Um, and the other was to a man in the next town over who needed dental surgery and was trying to cut the bill. Um, that was it. That was the two. Um, so the way that it works, of course, there's a ladder, right? And you have to sell to reach that first ladder, which is regional sales director, um, which got me a pin, by the way, I got a free pin out of that. Um, and in order to do that, you have to recruit three people and sell two plants. And the goal was to reach regional sales director in your first month. Okay. So if you're calling all 10,000 of these people and you're putting up these ads every day, and that's just that end of it, that's not social media, that's not the blogs, that's nothing besides just that. Okay. If you're doing all of that, there's no way you're not going to have five people by the end of month one. Well, I did not. Okay. I didn't come close. Um, so my upline, wonderful woman that she was actually went and bought those prepay visas and signed up people under me that didn't exist. Oh, ghost accounts. Uh-huh. So that I got that regional sales director, which comes with a higher commission. So you go from, I think it's 15% if you're an IBO to like 25, if you're a regional sales director, which I mean, okay. Um, and what was the main benefit to her for you being regional sales director that she went out and bought all these prepaid cards to do Well, the, the thing is, is you have to have so many regional sales directors under you for you to climb the ladder, right? And so on and so forth. You have to have, I don't know what the next level was above regional sales director, but you have to have so many of those under you to go to the next level. How many and, people 
do you think she padded like that? I, she made a regular habit of it. I know she did. And she encouraged me to do it. She encouraged her other recruits to do it. And I know the woman above her encouraged her to do it. And how do people encourage, you know, this very obvious illegal pyramid scheme behavior, not see that it's very obvious illegal pyramid scheme behavior? Yeah. Yeah. And and she saw it as, you know what, if you, once you reach regional sales director, now here was, was one thing with the company. I know you talk with other people a lot of times about like, well, if you don't keep up those sales, you lose your position. That was not what we did. So once you're a regional sales director, you're a regional sales director. So that was nice because that meant even after her imaginary people dropped off, I still got that higher commission. So awesome. And I didn't have to worry about bringing on new people that were just there for the service at that point. I could just focus on recruiting because now I've made that, that jump to the new level and, and going up from there is all based on recruits. And since all of your recruits are getting the services, there's no legal issues here, right? It's all, mm-hmm. It's, it's right, a weird. everyone that's in this is consenting to buy this. They're using the services. They're yep. enjoying the services. Nothing illegal happening here. No. And so part of our training then was also learning how to get free advertising. So at the time, now they don't do this anymore, but at the time you could go onto Vistaprint and order all kinds of free products, right? And I am not kidding when I say I literally got thousands of dollars worth of free product from from Vistaprint because you could go on and each order that you placed, you could get 250 free business cards, 25 free postcards. Um, I got free magnets. I got, you name it. I got it for free. So then this is, I I hated this even then. So then what we were told to do is you take these business cards, you take these postcards, and you want to be getting rid of between 500 and 1,000 pieces of advertising every single month. Now, the way to do this is to write off literally everything that you do in your life. You want to take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese? Great. Leave a business card on every machine. Write off the whole trip as a business venture. Oh my God. Go over to the other parents with your uh, postcards, which are postcards we would have printed all the information on one side with a pretty picture on the other side with our website on it. And go over to the other parents while you're at Chuck E. Cheese with your kids and just say to them, you know, if you want to enjoy this type of thing on a regular basis, make sure you look into my opportunity. And that's it. And now it's a business dinner. You can write off the whole trip to to Chuck E. Cheese with your kids. You get an evening out with your kids and you get the opportunity to do all kinds of advertising. The idea that Chuck E. Cheese is a business dinner is hilarious. Yes. And that was actually, we were specifically told Chuck E. Cheese. And the closest Chuck E. Cheese to me is almost an hour away. 
And, but we were specifically told, go to Chuck E. Cheese, go to Chick-fil-A, go to McDonald's, anything that had a children's area where there would be parents just sitting around doing nothing. To target parents who need extra supplemental insurance because bills are tough and expensive and hard and kids are expensive. Right. Right. To target those lower income families. Exactly. And because of course, if they have little kids, they want to be home with their kids. So this opportunity to make a great living, part-time hours, full-time pay. Um, and then next know, time you're here, you can write it off as a business expense. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were encouraged to talk to people in the next booth. If we went out to eat, they would tell us to put, take business cards. Like, and when I say business cards, I mean like a stack. 100, 200 business cards into Walmart and put them in boxes of diapers, toss them in the garbage can. So like people buy a garbage can, they get home your business cards in the bottom of it. Um, put them in the toys. Like if, if you could get like the edge of the box to lift up so you could slide your business card in there, just go through the toy aisle and slide your business card in. So here's the thing. This doesn't work. All this is, is time manipulation. That's all it is. It's them seeing what you're willing to do in this cult and how far you'll go for them. It does nothing. Think every single time you see a piece of bullshit advertising paraphernalia on your windshield, in a box of diapers, whatever. Do you keep it? Do you put it in your Rolodex? Or you're like, dang, when I need insurance or whatever, I'm going to call this number. No, you go, God dang, stupid crap. And you throw it away. Mm -hmm. It is, it is so unbelievably wasteful. You know, you're getting all these free deals. So this company is just printing, 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 printing. I've used Vistaprint before. Just print, 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 print. Then you're just handing it out. You're just basically littering, just putting this everywhere. And then people are just throwing it away, which is just overconsumption. And it's just, it's just wasteful. At the end of the day, nobody uses it. Nobody wants it. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of resources. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of energy. Absolutely. I got, um, and I did, I got the free magnet for my car. So of course I had to have the magnet on, you have to have the magnet, not just on both sides of your car, but on the trunk, because if you don't put it on the trunk, the people behind you will never see it. And as soon as you start making a good income, make sure you get the car wrap because without the wrap, like, what are you really doing? The big button to wear when you go out to coffee that says, ask me about discounted medical services. Yeah, I had one of those. Oh my God, I was um, joking. You had one of those? I had one oh, of those. Oh no. Except that it was for the opportunity, of course, because, you know, we don't really need to push the service. We need to push the opportunity. And the woman, not the not my upline, but not my direct upline, but the woman above her, her name was Susan, very generic name. So that makes it helpful. I don't have to change names. Um, actually didn't just have her car wrapped, but had her husband's truck wrapped. And had the window on the back of his truck with her website. And my, like my husband, he would go out and he would pull the magnets off the car before he took the car out because he's like, I don't even know what this is. I'm not gonna, like, I don't want to have to answer questions in Walmart parking lot. So he would take them off. And when I actually said that to my upline one day, she was like, that's why you need a car wrap. He can't take that off. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She She's said so one day, culty. yes, she was like, well, one day I was driving down the highway and I had somebody call the number. They were in the car next to me. 
and they called me on my cell phone to get information. And that's why you need to always have it on your car. That way, everywhere you go, you can write off all your gas. Yeah, I'll take things that didn't happen for a thousand. Yes, right? Um, Wow. So I'm dumping. Now, I got all this stuff from Vistaprint for, for free, of course, but I'm still paying for all the shipping, right? So, but of course, I'm not looking at that. I didn't, it never clued in. Um, I'm like, well, I got all the free stuff. It was free. I didn't put any money into it, but it was free. Um, oh, and, and the post-it notes. So they would print, we would print post-it notes with the opportunity information and stick them to items in Walmart too. Like go through like the health and beauty aisle and stick them to like shampoo and, and things like that. Oh, it was insane. Um, I mean, this is like bordering Amway level wackadoodle yeah yeah um so I'm I'm doing all of this I'm getting almost nothing um and then I was also we were also trained on how to use social media right so again here we go with copy and paste we had to come up with um and really they gave us like a a spiel but again it was the idea that other MLMs are trash So, you know, and if you're paying to work, it's a scam. Those were the two things that we were really taught to push. So anytime someone, again, I was still on Cafe Mom at the time. So these women would go on and be like, you know, I'm looking for a legitimate opportunity. And my reply would be like, okay, here are some really great tips. And the first thing would be, if you have to pay to work, it's a scam. So that's not something you want to do. There are a lot of legitimate MLM companies out there, but you want to be careful because a lot of them require you to spend a lot of your own money to go out and do a lot of parties, all these things. Those, you know, those are really great opportunities for some, but for most of us with kids, they just don't work. Then there's the opportunities of work at home jobs. And if you go to my blog, I have a list of companies that offer legitimate work at home job opportunities. And a lot of these were like Amazon or PayPal, and they actually do pay people to do like little jobs, right? So I had a list of those companies. It was like 150 companies that I had on my blog. I never contacted any of them for a job, but I had them all there to say, hey, look, these companies hire from home. Then the last thing I would do is say to her, you know, But I also work from home and I make a great living doing it. And I do it while I raise my children and while I take care of my family. And if you want to hear more about my opportunity, I would be so happy to talk to you. Here's my website. So it was like good information, good information, good information. Bam. Yeah. I see those websites all the time when I do my, when I do my mini dives and I'm doing research and I'm looking, Mm -hmm. you know, is this an MLM or is this a scam? And I find these websites, these blogs, these independent blogs. And I go, who writes this crap? Who's making these? So I just got my answer. Yes. People that are stuck in these companies that are being encouraged to copy and paste this false information, which is literally just propaganda. pointing out the one or two things that are unlike other MLMs in this MLM as a highlight. Like this is a really important thing and it's not. 
no, you know, to, to be like, and this is why this company is different. It's, it's all the same. We say it all the time. If it's an MLM, it's got bad bones. There's nothing you can do. If it's an MLM, the end. Yeah. End of discussion. And, and that was, you know, (laughs) so, and even my blog was copy paste. It was my upline wrote, you know, and, and we were literally just copy pasting. And then we were asked to keep a second blog that was supposed to be all about our success and our amazing lives as Ameriplan IBOs or whatever. And really it was nothing but a puff piece. So you want to write all about your trip to an amusement park and you want to write and you want to just, and don't say anything about the company. Like this was different. This was something I've heard you talk about. Like, you know, you, everything was supposed to be like, because of LuLaRoe, we weren't doing that, but we were doing it subtly. Right. So it was, I have this amazing life. Look, here's pictures of my kids. Look, here's, you know, oh, we went and played in the backyard yesterday. Yay. But the whole, the whole blog was nothing but Ameriplan ads. And then every couple of, of posts that we would sneak in there would be about the business and how amazing it is to work from home. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And then we had, I had a, a program, I forget what it was called. I think it's still a thing, um, but it was essentially a social media scheduler. And I would go on every Monday. I spent like four hours every Monday scheduling all the posts that would go onto my Facebook, onto my Twitter, whatever social media accounts I had. And we had a schedule what day and what times you want to, you want to post on different things. You never want to post more than two recruiting ads in a row. You want to make sure you're keeping up with like your life and your blog and point them, you know, to this video or to that and then slide in the recruiting, right? So I'm spending, I'm going to say minimum three hours every Monday, just sitting down and scheduling those. And most of those were like just repeats of last week's posts. It was, they're like, find a music video that you like for noon on Monday and schedule that. Find a news article or whatever, right? I mean, and here's the thing. That is kind of very basic social media, like having an interactive feed, posting things that are engaging, having a blog that has, you know what I mean? Like that's totally normal. It's that indoctrination language that's every so often and the ad and the every fifth post, we're going to talk about the blessing of the lives. But you know, in your own reality, even though you're copy pasting, well, they said I got to do this. They said I got to, 
you know, show my great life and thank them without explicitly thanking them. But you know, and you've already admitted it, you only had two people that you signed up. You didn't make more than $50 a check. So you're, you're lying by saying these things. We all did it. It's something that everybody does. It's something that we now are processing out of and going, oh my God. Yeah. And it's, but I, for those of us that are not at out and out, you know, out and proud, like you and I are, there are people listening that are going, oh my God, I did that too. I lied about little stupid things, but those little stupid things were intended to manipulate others. And that's where the lie changes. It's not just you lying and being like, oh, I'm not hungry or I don't do that. It's not a little lie like that, right? It's a lie where you're intending to deceive and intending to manipulate. And that's a hard reality to to have to process out of. It is. And it was, Cafe Mom, because it was all moms, and there was so many MLM moms on there that every time somebody was like, I'm looking for an opportunity at home, or every time they joined a group that was about like making money from home, they got so many messages. So a lot of these women, these are not stupid women, right? They started catching on and they would start asking, are you really making money at this? And the answers that we were told to give to this question were so, now I'm like, that's just skeevy. So we were always told to never tell people what we make, okay? Because, you know, and and this is actually a, a cultural thing too. I've been interviewing with a lot of banks and the one woman said to me, you know, people don't want to talk about their finances. They don't want to tell you what they make because- you know, and I looked at her and I said, well, it makes sense because in our culture, no matter how much you make, it's not enough. Right. Right? That's so true. Right. So, you know, I don't care if you're making three quarters of a million dollars a year, you're looking at Donald Trump and you're like, I don't make pennies. And you're embarrassed by the fact that you don't make any money. And somebody else is going to look at your income and be like, they don't make any money. They only make 750,000 a year. Like, what is that? I mean, that to me is, is mind blowing, but right. It's relative. So they always said, you know, you never want to tell people what you make, no matter how high up in the company you get. Instead, you want to sidestep the question by telling them, you know, I make enough money that I am able to stay home and support my kids and be the mom I want to be. You know, that used to be an income claim loophole, but Thanks to the anti-MLM community, the anti-MLM movement, and the education that we've been putting forth for years and years and years, the FTC is now like, you know what? Those are income claims too. You can't say you have a beautiful life. You can't say you have a beautiful family. You can't say that it's, that, you know, this is the life you can have. Lifestyle claims are also income claims now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And at the time, my husband, um, my husband was actually working in um, a phone bank, believe it or not. Like I'm at home making all of these cold calls and he's going to work and making all of these cold calls. Uh, but he was bringing home a paycheck. I was going to say he was actually getting paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. He worked for like Bell Telephone or something and he made, he got paid for it. And I'm like, you know, and I remember saying to my recruiter, like I remember saying to my upline, I'm not comfortable lying to people. 
And she said, you know what? You're not lying because this is the life you're going to have. And you just need to live your life as if you already have this in place. And we call that fake it until you make it. Absolutely. They were huge on the secret. Part of training was watching the secret. And then there was a motivational speaker. And ever since we set up this, this Zoom meeting, I have been trying to find her and trying to find her name because I have no idea who she was. I completely blank on it. But she was this motivational speaker that this team of women loved. And every week we would have another video or another something from her sent to us as like, you have to watch this. So this woman's story was, she was kicked out of her home as a teenager and she ended up living in her car, which I'm sorry for, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anyone that happens to, that's terrible, but she didn't have a job. So she parked her car with no gas in it next to a payphone and started using the payphone to make cold calls. And that is how she built her first business and how she made her first six-figure income before she moved out of her car. Oh, so she was making uh-huh. six, fi- six figures consistently. And she was like, sleeping in my car is fine. I'm used to it. Yeah. It's great. I can save yeah. money. Again, I don't believe that. And she again, actually, this huge no. sob story from an MLM person. It's like, this yeah. is where I came from. You yeah. can do it too. That was exactly it. It was, if I can do it, you can do it. And the point of her telling us that I weighed six figures before I moved out of my car was to show how willing she was to give it all, right? So I chose to live in my car while I built my business because I wanted to be able to give it all to the business. That is so manipulative. It was. And even then I remember call and I was like, this is bullshit. This is not a thing. Okay. This did not happen. And I'm not sending this to the people that I recruit. It's a bullshit MLM dog whistle for anybody that's feeling that way to be like, oh my God, I could do it too. Like it is literally emotional manipulation. It is. And I remember saying, I told you, I talked to my recruiter all the time and I, I, we actually spent a lot of time on the phone and we, I thought got to be fairly good friends. Right. Um, and I said to her, I remember saying to her like, okay, so she was 18 and doing this and she didn't have children to support. So don't give me, if I did it, you can do it because I'm not in your position. I'm in my position. I'm coming from a different place. I can't live in my car. I have two little boys that need to eat. I can't give up 15 hours out of my day to make cold calls because I'm breastfeeding. Like two babies. I need to have time to give them a bath. I need to have time to make them meals. I need to have time to wash diapers. Like I can't possibly do what you did. Don't give me that. Yeah. One size fits all is a bullshit construct. It absolutely is. And you know what? Now I, that again, this was part of like that sociology degree. 
coming in. Now I'm looking at this and I'm going every single time that I've heard that in my life. And I don't care if I'm, I'm hearing it from a politician, from an MLM or from a religious group. I, and I've heard it from all of them, right? You got to pull on those bootstraps and pull yourself up. It's bullshit. Okay. Just because somebody was able to come from nothing doesn't mean that everyone is. All right. No one except Bill Gates is Bill Gates, right? You can't do this. This idea that, well, kids don't need education because Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have it. Really? Like, Did Mark Zuckerberg go to Harvard? He dropped out. But he got into Harvard. Yes, yes. But, but you know, the point of it is, is, is just that just because this guy did it doesn't mean everyone can. Like, we all have different placement and different roots and, and different levels of privilege, right? And I'm like, I don't know who you are, lady, and I don't know when you did this, but it doesn't work that way now. And it's not going to work that way for me. And frankly, I don't think it worked that way for you. But that was what we were told constantly. So it went back to that idea of if you're failing, it's on you. What aren't you doing? And if you actually believe that because it's coming in from every single angle and you actually start to believe it because when you fail, they go, well, what could you have done more? And you're like, oh, I guess I could have called 50 more people. Okay. Maybe it is my fault. Next week I'll try harder. Right. But it's not actually your fault at all. Uh -uh. And my direct upline had two little girls. They're my, my boys' age. And she was a single mom. And she would say to me, you know, look, I am home full-time with my girls and I support us with this income. And I'm, I'm a single mom. You have a husband who's bringing in a paycheck. She's like, why don't you just hire help so that you can work more? Oh my God. That, that was so such a LuLaRoe thing. Just hire help. Mm-hmm. And she actually moved her sister in with her, her teenage sister in with her to play nanny to her kids while she worked. And I mean, hey, look, I, I, I have no problem. If you want to have extra help, if you have the finances and, and you want to have a, a nanny, you want to have family come in, hey, I'm, whatever works for you, right? But again, this isn't an option for me. And she would play it up too. Like she would do a team call in the afternoon and her kids would, her, her little girls would be in the tub and she'd be like, hang on guys, I got to go get my girls out of the tub. Like, and she would take a break from the team call that she's leading it seems kind of dangerous her. to leave yeah. children in a bathtub unsupervised while you're on an MLM team call for yeah. the express purpose to prove to everyone that you can do this in the pockets of your time. I'm still momming right now. Pause really quick. Like, yeah. no, that is, yeah. ugh. But looking like at the time, I'm looking at her and I'm like, I can do that. If she can do it, I can do it. And if I'm not, I'm the problem, right? I'm not working hard enough. I'm not, I don't sound happy enough on the phone or, you know, that was a big one. Make sure you smile when you're on the phone so that they can hear it. And if you're excited, they'll be excited. They were not excited. No one's excited to get a phone call like that. No, no, you know, and it was... I mean, and I, I feel now like I struggle with a lot of that guilt because I miss 
my son's first steps. I missed, you know, and I was the only one home with them. And I still miss this stuff because yeah, technically I was watching them, but I was on the phone. You know, um, I really plopped my kids. I did the like, hey, here, watch Barney while mom goes and makes these phone calls while mom puts all these things up online, you know? Um, and I had really horrific postpartum depression with all three of my kids. Um, with my daughter, it actually started when I was about two months pregnant and it just never quit. It was, it was horrific. So, you know, I'm already struggling with the mom aspect of things and we're struggling financially and we had some other things going on. And then I have this on top of it. And what little time I did have with my babies, I gave up to make these phone calls, to put job ads up in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was, it, it was just, oh. And, and night after night after night, we're eating like grilled cheese because I don't have time to cook. I can't Lots of Stouffer's lasagnas and tombstone pizzas because I knew my kids would eat it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was hamburger helper. I am to the point where if I smell hamburger helper, it turns my stomach. Like I cannot be in the room with it and because we did it so much. And uh, no, it was just like, it was, it was, it was, it was toxic for my marriage, you know, and my husband, I, before I joined AmeriPlan, I went to him and like, I printed all this stuff out off the computer and I'm like, look, here's how it works and here's what it is. And it's a great company. And I really think I can make this good. And he has never, not once has he ever said a, a, a bad word about any of it. Like, and even at the time I'm dumping all of this money, all of this time, never once said a, a, a negative thing to me about any of it. Um, now he was taking the magnets off the side of the car. So that apparently was him not supporting my business as I was told by my upline. But, you know, he always, any, he never asked where the money went, nothing. He has always been super, super, super supportive. But at the same time, it was really bad for us because I'm like, no, babe, I don't have time to do this with you. I don't have time to do, you know, he'd take the kids to the park by himself. Not that, not that a dad, you know, shouldn't do that sometimes, but it was like, he's like, Hey, why don't you just come and we'll take the kids to the playground. I'm like, no, you take the kids to the playground. I have work to do, but I'm not getting paid for that work. In fact, it's costing us money. We live on 25,000 a year and I'm spending this money for a business that is never going to get me anything. I got that $50 check that a couple of months and I was like, yes, I'm in the money now. Like, no, you know? So it was really, really like, it, it was, it was just bad. And then I would get, I actually ended up with a stalker out of it too, which. Oh my God. Yeah. I so hate, this, like you're the third person on this show that had a stalker because of their MLM. Yes. So this woman joined my team and literally called me every day. What are you doing? Where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like she lived in Georgia. Thankfully, it never got to the point where I had like anyone on my front porch. Um, but when I left AmeriPlan, 
she left Ameriplan. Then she started following me on social media and I started getting messages from her all over social media. Then it was, I had a blog for a while and she commented on every single blog post. It got like, really, I was finally like, look, you need to go away. You need to leave me alone because I'm gone. I'm out of the business. I don't need this. And then it was, well, what business are you going to do next? Cause I'll join. And I'm like, I'm not doing another one. So it was, yeah, yeah. It was really like, and at the time I didn't see it as all bad, you know, um, at the time I'm like, I'm making great friends. I'm building a business that I'm going to actually be able to pass on to my kids. Cause that was something they would tell us because it's residual income, because you get this check month after month, even after you get to the point where you want to retire, you're going to keep getting this check. Your business will start to build itself after a while. And when you die, you can actually will this to your kids. So they're going to get this big check every month. And, you know, that was what I thought I was building towards, right? I'm building towards a future for my kids. And I remember sitting down and coming up with my dream budget. That was, we were told to come up with our dream budget. How much money do you need to make a month to live your dreams? And that's what you're going to make, you know, and the amount of time, not just that I spent on the business end, but then it was like, well, you need to make a vision board. And did you watch the secret this week? And no. Have you been on five team calls this week? No. Like, really? It was, it was so much. And it was, you know, and then when I went to leave and I contacted Jen, I I contacted my upline and I said to her, you know, I have to go. I have to leave. I said, I no longer have anyone underneath me at all. All of my recruits had left because they weren't making any money. And my grandmother still maintained her plan because she's my grandmother and she is a wonderful human being. That was it. And I said to Jen, I said, I can't continue to pay this money every month. I'm losing all this money. I, um, I was actually, I was pregnant with number three and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I have to, you know, I actually, I had found another, I had, I had been working for Macy's. My husband had lost his job. So I'm making minimum wage at Macy's and then trying desperately to build this business. And she's telling me. The reason you're not making any money now is because you're devoting all this time to Macy's. Tell your husband, go get another job. Oh my God. It's so culty. I'm so glad that you're out. I'm so happy that you are no longer in this high demand, culty, horrible, like just, ugh. you know, and I remember just crying. Like I'm just on the phone with her crying because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't have $60 in my bank account this month. I can't do it. It should never get to that point. You know, that's a huge red flag. And I I do. I remember just, you know, crying and her telling me, you know, it'll be okay. Um, You know, you're low enough on the, the, the line that if you need to take a few months off, you can always come back. You know, you're not really going to lose anything if you take a few months off. So why don't you do that? And, and, you know, once, you know, tell your husband, get a new job. As soon as he starts working, you can come back. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Bye. 
Like it was two years. And I know a lot of people spend a lot longer than that in these groups, but like, I never got to go to any of, I was never even invited to any of the conventions. Like I was never even told they were coming up, let alone that I could be there. No, it was after the conventions and that kind of thing that like my, my upline would send me photographs of her on stage and her upline on stage. And it was like this idea that like, you could be here next time, just work a little oh. harder and then you'll get invited. Right. Wow. I never knew about the conventions. I never knew about the trips. I never knew about any of that. It was all just, and the videos that come from our team leader way at the top are all super, oh, she even looks the part of the cult leader. She has like the perfectly quaffed and it's always identical hair. She, she reminds me of Tammy Faye Baker. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I know a lady like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, like, but I will say we're like Tammy Faye or, or uh, what was your lady's name? Um, Deanne. Deanne. I wanted to call her Luann. I knew that was wrong. Deanne. So where I look at them and they were a lot more like boisterous or, okay. So she is not, her name's Janie and she is not, she is very calm and quiet and poised, very proper and prim. And, you know, American royalty is how she kind of portrays herself. Like we make excellent money and you can too. All you need to do is join our team and be one of us. Like at the bottom of her marble staircase, right? All of these videos. And then she's and, like, and then you can join Buffy and I on the yacht this weekend. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's that's exactly, yes. And actually, if anyone's interested and they go on to YouTube and type in Ameriplan Freedom at Home Team, some of her videos will actually, like some of her recruiting videos will actually pop up. And they are like, they're all hype, but you can see how she's like in this perfect brown, um, like three piece women's suit with her hands folded in her lap. And she's very soft-spoken and very eloquent in her. And I'm like, I cannot believe I bought this. <laughs> and she's still with the company. She still heads the team. And we're like, uh, I, I mean, I've been out probably 10 years now, maybe a little bit more. Um, Cause I think I left when I was pregnant with my daughter. My daughter's 11. So yeah, I, I it blows my mind that I bought this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm so happy that you're out and that you're, processing through this now and and that you're you're going down the cult spectrum and the MLM spectrum and you're you're really being like wow what was I involved in it's a really interesting growth path yeah yeah you know and and it's I mean if I had it all to do again I wouldn't do it like this but you know at the same time I did it so I'm trying to like find those positive threads and I'm trying to recognize where I was and what I did and how it's affected me. And like mentally, I'm in such a better place as I have started to kind of unravel all of this. Um, but I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am <laughs> that I heard that episode because I really was looking for another company. Like well, I was I'm, like, I, 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 this is like this 
is the reason I do those interviews. This is the reason I have this podcast. This is the reason that I go through all of this and put all of this energy and time is, is because of this right here. So when you told me that I was like, Oh, you're coming on the show. Yeah. I thought, you know, I not only have all of this experience now because I I did a Mariplan, I have all this experience and I have a degree in sociology and psychology. And I was like, I will be able to put all of that to work to really know who to target with sales and know what products are best and how to get people to come into my business. And I was like, I can put all of that to work and really help people. And, you know, and I'm like, I was still in that mindset where like, I, if, if I can find a product that I can be passionate about, I can really help people. And that was like, that was what I wanted to do. And, and it wasn't, it never occurred to me that I wasn't helping anybody, including myself. Yeah. I was helping the company. They definitely hide that, right? They're like, we're going to help people. It's so helpful. You're going to be helping people. But, uh, you look at the statistics and that's just not the case. Yeah, no, not even close. Um, I would love to find out what, I, I know that you've looked up like what are, you know, the average like hourly type of rate for, and I would love to know what it is for a Mariplan. I, I did a little bit of Googling, but I wasn't able to find anything, um, those, those statements. Uh, I don't know if maybe they're there and I just didn't know where to find them, but I would love to know because I know the average person is just losing money. They're just throwing money at the company. Yeah. I'll see if I can find that information. And if, and if so, I'll throw a little blurb in this episode and and let everybody know that, but I might not be able to find it. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and being so vulnerable and talking about things that we haven't talked about. I love when we do that because what it does is it opens up the conversation and there's going to be people that listen to this episode and connect with it and reach out to me and it will start an entirely new conversation and it will continue to grow and go. And, and that's, I think the best part of this is it feels just like this living thing that continues to grow and, and become something more powerful every single day. And I, I'm so excited. So thank you so much for being a part of that and being vulnerable and sharing your story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope, you know, it, I'm, I'm the, if one person hears it kind of, kind of person, um, you know, I, I, I told you I did finish my bachelor's last year and I really want to go in and, and work on my master's and eventually, you know, and I, I said to my husband, my husband's like, well, why I'm applying in banks. And he's like, why do you need all these degrees if you're going to work in a bank? And I said, you know what? I want to be the next Yaya Lan. <laughs> like I said, that's my goal. I said, I want to help people who have been in these situations. You know, I have been gifted this opportunity to know where they are and to know where they're coming from. And I grew up in one cult, I joined another. And I'm like, I, I know that what these people have gone through. And I know a lot of them have lost their friends and their family. And, you know, it's, if I can help that one person, like, that's my goal. That's what I want to do. You know, I will never be Yaya, but Yanya, I always mispronounce her name. I will never be her, but that would be my inspiration. You know, like get there someday. you know, maybe eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get to do something that'll help people on a a level where she is. But for now, I'm like, if I can just help that one person that hears where I was and maybe doesn't join a Mariplan, 
I'm good. You know, yeah. and I, I did some Googling. I did some Facebook searches. Like they are still big. They really, I saw, and my old team is still big and they're still using the exact same copy and paste that I used. So nothing's changed. <laughs> Literally nothing. No, there, I mean, the, the ads are identical to what I use. And I found some of the recent blogs and they are identical copy and paste to what I had. So nothing has changed. I, they are just, and I, I actually think now they are possibly more predatory because now they, now that Obamacare is a thing and people have insurance, right? Now they're pushing the, the legal plans more than they were before. And they're pushing, you know, and, and I'm like, this was, no one needed that. There's really no benefit to these legal plans. Who needs a discount lawyer that often? And frankly, if you need a lawyer that often, you don't want a discount lawyer. Right. Like, <laughs> this, you know, and the, 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 I think the price on that one actually did go up. I think it's like $60 a month now just for the lawyer want just for the legal part. And I'm like, you don't need this. And they keep pushing. Well, you get a will every year. You don't need a will every year. You don't need to update your will, you know, maybe every five years, if things are changing, if you're having new grandchildren or something all the time, you don't need this. This is at this point from where I'm standing, like it is pure predatory. There is no more. We want to help people because people have access to healthcare now that they didn't before. Yeah. I, I, I it's, mm -mm, it's really scary, you know, to think they're still sucking people in. And of course, yeah. you know, whether I'm talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses or AmeriPlan, I am just an apostate or just, you know, a, someone who didn't work the business, who was unsuccessful and don't listen. Right. Um, because I'm just telling lies. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not though, you know, and if you're in there, you should know this, but they know, it. They, do. they know, oh, but oh. they can't expose it because it exposes themselves. Yes. And there was one thing I forgot to mention before was the better business bureau. So AmeriPlan has an A rating with the better business bureau. And the reason that they have that is twofold. Number one, they're not a member but they make donations to the Better Business Bureau. They had, way back when I joined, they had thousands and thousands and thousands of complaints and an A rating. And I was like, I don't understand how these two things are possible. And my upline told me, you know, it's because we settle all of those. And the fact that we're not a member and we still have an A rating shows what a stand-up company we are. And I found out later that they make, you know, monetary donations or something or other to support, even though they're not a member. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really like really skeezy. And we were supposed to tell people, you know, look, we're an A rating with the Better Business Bureau. Look it up. That's how you know we're not a scam. That's how you know we're a great company. That's how you know 
the services are necessary. They're needed. They're helping people or we wouldn't have an A rating with the Better Better Business Bureau. Well, I think there's a lot of people that listened to this and learned a lot, uh, maybe triggered a bit like, oh my God, I've seen these. I participated in these. I've answered these ads. So thank you so much for educating us on these red flags. Because again, most of the MLMs we talk about are product-based because there's the majority of them seem to be product-based. So I love being able to talk about these service-based ones and different ones so that people who think they're avoiding MLMs by not selling lipstick (laughs) don't get sucked into these medical, insurance, legal, whatever, service-based MLMs because they are just as nasty. So are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Bring it on. All right. One word that encompasses how you feel about MLM. Skeevy. I love that word. (laughs) Um, A warning or a piece of advice to somebody that wants to join a multi-level marketing company. If you have to pay to work, it's a scam. And And that includes any payment at all, like any pay to play. Yeah. Any pay to play at all, you know, do your homework because there are legitimate franchises. And I, I know a lot of these MLMs play the franchise game, right? They tell you, well, if you were going to start a subway, you would have to pay for it. We're the same way. Okay. Um, so I, and, and they, they suck people in like that, but you know, it's, there's a big difference between an MLM and a franchise and learn the difference for yourself. And then you know, if you still feel comfortable, like this is a legitimate franchise, you know, consider it, but no, no. If you have to pay to work for a company, just run. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? You know, listening to you, I've realized I don't know most of them. I've never heard of most of these. Uh, Monet, I'd never heard of. LuLaRoe, I'd never heard of. So the worst, I don't know. Um, I would have to say the service-based ones like the Ameriplans and the prepaid legals of the world are probably the worst because without a product, they are literally, they're even closer to pyramid schemes than something where you have a product that you're selling. You know, it is pure culty pyramid scheme. That's it. What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? Oh, that people who are nice to you are not always nice to you for the right reasons. You know, um, I, I, like I said in, in the beginning, there was a lot of issues with me growing up because I completely rebelled against everything I was being told. And so there was a lot of negativity towards me. And I really was drawn to people who were kind. If they're nice to me, they must like me. They want to be my friend. They want to help me. And this experience taught me that there's a lot of people who are going to be nice to you because they want something from you and you need to learn the difference. And unfortunately it took me a minute to learn the difference. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, it's a hard lesson to learn. What <laughs> is your positive takeaway from your time in MLM? I actually learned a lot of sales skills that I did not have. Um, you know, I, like, like we had discussed, there was a lot of social media marketing type of deal that I did learn through this. And I learned how to do it. And I learned how not to do it at the same time. 
Um, I gained a lot of confidence as far as do marketing myself, you know, um, and, and being able to tell people, this is who I am. This is where I stand on something and feeling confident in my ability to, to sell myself because I had nothing else to sell. The only thing I had to sell was me. Right. So I got that. Um, and, and I, you know, that confidence is something that, that I'm able now to kind of run with and that I didn't have before. That's a great one. Uh, I feel the same way, like public speaking or just talking to strangers, things like that. Things that used to make me really nervous. They don't make me nervous anymore. And it's, it's worked out well so far. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sabrina, for coming on the show, for telling us about this crazy MLM I'd never even heard of. So unbelievably culty. There's so many like this that are hiding in plain sight that are on job websites, that are in Craigslist ads that you think that are in your phone that you think are like, this might be a legitimate job opportunity. And so I'm so thankful that you were able to give us a lot of the red flags. And I think, I think you're going to help a lot of people avoid these in the future. I hope so. I hope so. So thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, This is my first ever podcast, you know, Uh, maybe I'll do more. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I'm so um, glad that, that you chose to make Life After MLM your first yeah, interview. My, my first interview in on either uh, the culty topic or the MLM topic, really. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. And uh, now I can't wait for this to come out, but <laughs> so I can listen to my own story and be like, yeah, I know what she went through. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to love it. All right. Hey, so as promised, I, uh, I looked into the income disclosure statement. Like we talked about Sabrina said that she couldn't find one. I thought, I wonder if I could find one. Didn't have much luck finding, um, any income disclosure statement at all. I did find their compensation plan. It's their builders bonus overrides. Um, (laughs) Surprise, surprise, it's in the shape of a triangle. Uh, But what I did find that I thought was interesting, and it's like all these little crumbs that sort of like lead us on our path, right? So when I Google AmeriPlan income disclosure statement, what comes up is the FTC public comment section of the last time that we were able to comment on the business opportunity rule. And actually, the late Dr. John Taylor talks about AmeriPlan USA and their numbers and their income disclosure statement in his public comment. So it's proved to me that at some point in the past, there did exist an income disclosure statement for the year 2008 because John Taylor uses it uh, in his footnotes as a source. But I cannot find that document anywhere now. Um... Granted, I only spent about 10, 15 minutes looking for it. So maybe if I had the time and the energy to like go back that far, I could find it. But luckily, John Taylor used it as a source and he quoted it in his comment to the FTC. And in it, he gives examples of the numbers that he found when he looked into these different MLMs. 
He uses Advocare, Ameriplan, and Amway as some examples in his little chart that he has here. And again, this is linked in the show notes if you want to look as well, but you can also Google it. It comes right up. Um, approximate percentage of all participants who lost money, Ameriplan in 2008. Anybody want to take a guess real quick? <laughs> 99.25% lost money, according to Dr. John Taylor, who is the person that figured out that 99.7% figure that we all quote. So I'm going to go ahead and trust him because he knew exactly what he was doing when he looked into this. So that's the only information I could find. I would be interested to know um, if there is anybody listening that was in AmeriPlan USA that might have that old information. You could email it to me, um, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. That might be interesting to look at. But I'm going to go ahead and trust Dr. John Taylor on this and say that AmeriPlan falls right in there with the rest of MLMs with 99% fail. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.